0: This is the Berman Project. Hey, it's JD here, back for another week of introspection and reflection on loss, grief, and the pathway to mental wellness, Mm -hmm. all while filling my soul with the music and art of the late indie rock singer-songwriter, David Berman. You know, ultimately, that's what we're here for. We're here to celebrate Berman. We are here to try and better understand where he was coming from when he created his art. And sometimes understanding where, where our own mental wellness is, uh, you know, can potentially help us get inside the head of somebody else who is mentally unwell or mentally ill, uh, as clearly David Berman was having succumbed to mental illness through suicide, uh, just about three years ago. So there's that. I am, um... Feeling a little better than I was the last time we spoke, which is good, uh, because the last time we spoke, I was pretty dark. Uh, I was in a pretty dark place. Now I'm not here to tell you that I'm turning fucking cartwheels right now, because I'm not. Uh, things are things are hit or miss. Things are hit or miss, and um, I, I need to focus on the hit, and you know, move on from the misses uh i guess would be one way of thinking about it uh, i i just don't know i i don't know and you know i various times of my life i thought i've had it all figured out i remember when i was working for starbucks i was a, a manager at starbucks and you know i really was a terrible manager uh, i was really good to my my staff and really good to my customers but um I was a terrible manager in that, you know, there was, I was constantly bitching. I was constantly bitching about the scope of the job and, um, you know, what I really wanted to do. And at that time it was right. Uh, You know, this was a few years after my failures at university and my failures at college. And I thought I would um, like to go back in time and, and do that again. Unfortunately, there is no such thing as time travel, and I was meandering in this existence. Meandering is the operative word here. One day, as I was meandering from one store to another, um, you know, that were fairly close to each other, my mentor was at a a store that was about, I don't know, 250 yards away from, from my store, And, uh, there was a busy street that you had to cross. And I remember walking to her store and I wasn't paying attention and I stepped out into the street and I got slammed into by a bike courier. Now it sounds funny because, you know, it's a, it's a bike courier, but at the time and still even now, I think I was so out of it. I was so, you know, just, um, languishing and just. You know, sort of living in the past or trying to live in the future and not focusing on the now. And it could have been a real car. Like, it knocked me down, motherfucker. It, uh, it, it hurt. And it, it was like a, a slap across the face at the time. It was like, this is what you need to do. You need to stop being complacent and stop, you know, just settling and go for it. Go for something that you want to go for, and so I did, and I enrolled in a in a in a school for performance for writing and performance comedy, a comedy school. I mean, it, it had tuitions of a community college, but um, but uh, it, you know, it was um, the program was built around comedy. You still had to get you know some humanities. Uh, and math and bullshit like this, but uh, I was able to get out with my university credits of of anything supplementary, and I got to focus on the core competencies, which were like improv and and sketch writing and sketch performance and stand up performance and stand up writing. Something called le jeu. Uh, there was a history of comedy course. It was it was it was dynamite. I was I was thirty years old, and um. I was in school with, you know, 22 year olds and and I felt like we were, you know, in, the, in a similar place. I, I felt reborn. I felt renewed. But it quickly evaporated and it quickly eroded. And I found myself, you know, on the honor roll for the first semester, uh, really throwing everything I had into this program to in the second semester, not really participating and backing down from everything. And, uh, that was, that was an awful reality. Uh, I got, you know, called into the Dean's office at one point. Now this was for, uh, we had, we had planned something really, I'll, I'll share that with you. Should I share that with you right now? Sure. I'll share it with you. Uh, me and a friend of mine plotted, uh, uh, between each other, between the two of us that at an upcoming stand-up event called Rants for Rent, where the the premise was that you got to work out new material by going on the stage and just ranting and then whoever had the best rant of the night would collect the kitty, which, uh, you know, I think it cost five bucks to get on the stage to rant and you know, so you'd win the kitty. <clears throat> so that's why it's called rants for rent. Anyway, my friend Nick and I decided that, uh, we would have some fun with it. We were both, uh, and, and our friend Graham as well, we were watching wrestling. And we were big on wrestling and Nick said, man, I would love to blade someday. Now, blading in professional wrestling is when a professional wrestler conceals a, a small fragment of a razor blade and actually bloodies themselves with it to, you know, simulate the, the experience that they've been living in has caused the injury rather than, you know, it being self-inflicted. So... <clears throat> um, We thought that was a cool idea, so we built this uh, scenario that Nick would be on stage doing his rant, and all of a sudden he would turn his uh, vim and, and, and fire and brimstone toward me. Uh, he would he would start talking subtly about you know somebody that owed him money and, and things like that but it would it ended up building up and getting uncomfortable I made it specifically really uncomfortable like I stood up awkwardly at one point you know um, so that people knew that it was me that he was talking about and that I was there and I was and I was awkward about it anyway it got to the point where I stood up and just said you, you need to stop you need you need to stop this now and he kept going so I took a swing at him and knocked him down and then I of course, I walk out of the room. He stands up, and there's blood protruding, you know, from his forehead. So it looked uh, it looked like a, a, an amazing spectacle. And I got called into the dean's office for that um, because they didn't like that we were, you know, off book. I, I suppose we should have let the 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 person who was organizing the rants for rent in on it at the very least. But we, we thought it needed to be, you know, really tight crew. We kept it going at school the next day and everything. Um, but uh, it quickly faded away. People forgot about it. But the other time I got called in was <clears throat> for not doing work, not showing up, not being in classes, uh, you know, very sporadically showing up to classes, even though I would be on campus and, you know, um, you know, just hanging out or doing whatever. Um and uh, I was going to get uh, booted from the program. So, from being on honor roll to you know almost being booted from the program, that was that was quite a, a far cry. Now, I don't know whether it was my mental illness catching up with me, or whatever the fuck it is that stops me from doing you know the things that I should be doing, such as doing this podcast for you the last couple of weeks. Uh, I I just stop. I, I take it way too easy on myself, and I just stop. And you know, I, I let a moment like getting hit by a bike courier pass me by uh, because I I didn't have the sticktootiveness to uh, keep going. Now I, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too hard. My I, I can hear my therapist right now just railing on me for being too harsh. But man, at some point, like I got a fucking. This is this is just it's awful. And it's, and it's, uh, and I'm tired of it. And it's, and it's really tiring and I'm tired and I just want to go to sleep. And sometimes I want to go to sleep forever, but for now I won't. You're stuck with me. I'm here waiting for the next bike courier. So there's that. Don't step on it, JD. Don't step on it. You gotta let that fade happen, right? You gotta let it happen. And, uh, every, everybody will be, everybody will be better for it. Um, richer for it as it were. How you doing? How was that for you? I mean, was it a little trippy that it's the theme song? Uh, You know, it's trippy for me because I'm listening to it and I'm thinking this song doesn't, you know, really excite me very much. It's called Bar Scene from Star Wars. uh, And, you know, you could easily surmise that this might be something that they would listen to in the in the cantina there. Um, It's it's fittingly uh, far out, uh, you know, but it's but it's sort of boring. It's uh, it's a little too long for me. Uh, you know, there there's not another turn in there. Um, I'm waiting for a turn. And maybe that means that I'm bad at selecting theme songs. <laughs> Is my theme song boring? Oh my god, send me an email, jd at mediumalchemist.com. I would love to hear from you. Speaking of hearing from you, uh several of you have reached out and uh I just want to call out attention to that. Um I was really overwhelmed after the last episode really overwhelmed so overwhelmed in fact that i forgot uh to um do a poem last time so we're gonna get right into that yeah that's all i have to say about the song bar scene from star wars this is the last track on the arizona record and it's the last track of the first season i'm gonna each album is gonna be a season so um i'm going to uh do that it doesn't really matter other than for the nerds out there that you know Want to know that kind of shit. That That's what goes through my mind. That's what I'm thinking about when I'm picking up the poetry book. Uh, man, my eyes have been bothering me so much. I'll tell you. Um, not good. Not good. So let's do this thing. This is called uh, Tulsa. A woman named Tina drinks gin at sunset before a pair of drawn curtains that frame the dry grasslands and tangerine hilltops of her native country. An insurance bill is pinned to the desktop by a calculator. The curtains are purple. The man she intends to marry is reserved as a dark prairie pond. He paints radio storms in the basement beside a globe of Mars, his hair and shoes the colors of oxblood. The local graveyard is now run by the management company he owns. Stones are strewn on the even patchways like the exploded bits of a larger rock. Annually, starlings fill the trees as if commanded by a book on death. And she, a manicurist who digs the intimacy of her work, holds hands for a living, perfecting the extremities of oilmen and bankers. But this man, this man she intends to marry, is strange. She wonders, what's the deal with quiet people? Can they read minds? Just then, a June bug flies in and lands on the curtain. The purple curtain on her right. My left. Her right. Jesus fucking Christ. That's, uh, that's a tour de force, man. That's a tour de force in, in creating visuals that, uh, uh, resonate and are lovely, uh, you know, and then referring back to them, uh, the purple curtain. And then that really interesting ending, my, you know the protagonists or or the narrator rather, uh, injecting himself into the, into the narrative, some, some, in some way, um, that they're in the room. They're the, they're the man. Are they the man? That sounds to me like they're the man, but they, they don't have full access to what the man is thinking, um, really. So that goes against that piece. I'm not sure. I just loved it. I loved how pretty it was. Um, I love that you, you know, you could almost use that if you were a, uh, if you were a writer, you could use that as a scene, um, like a skeleton of a scene, you know, you've got this description and you've got these two characters that have motivations. And, um, or will have motivations when you get your hands on them. Um, But you get a brief description of each of these characters and uh, really nice. God damn it, that's solid gold. That was worth missing a week. So there's that. What do you say we call it a day? Because that's pretty much all I've got to say. Uh, That rhymes. Uh, I'm in a poetry mood and I'm uh, showing you all my flexibilities uh so there's that what do you say uh i repeat myself (laughs) i do that far too often oh my gosh um hope you're well uh and and staying well uh stay foolish stay hungry and uh you know wash your goddamn hands The Berman Project is a production of Duvra Podcasts and such. You can find out more about the show at www.thebermanproject.xyz. That's right. I'm fucking Canadian. I'm also social. Find me on Twitter, Instagram, and all the rest at Berman Project. Uh, podcasts and such.